welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. It is. And on this particular episode, we will be recapping the third episode of the 36th season of The Challenge, Double Agents, entitled Enemy, Enemy of, of the, the state. state. Not a James Bond film. I don't <laughs> think it is. I do remember Will Smith being an enemy of the state. Yeah. I mean, this was, I guess, another spy sort of uh, sleeper cell. Mm-hmm style um i don't know what but um i remember espionage yes i remember enjoying enemy of the state never saw it but i wanted to did you i wanted to so maybe this will get me it did seem like this summer blockbuster that followed up um i am legend no this was before i am legend um what's his big movie men in black no the other (laughs) one Independence Day. I remember this being like around Independence Day. Because no was, way. People were excited about Will Smith as an action star. And then the state came out in like 2015. Uh, well, listen. Uh, <laughs> this is not what this podcast is about. Have to f- figure that out. We're going to debate this all on our Patreon, which is dropping in a couple days. So. By the way, Merry Christmas, y'all. It's Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve for those who celebrate and those who just uh, look from afar, a distance with a tear in their eye. Merry Christmas Eve to everybody. And um, even if you're participating in and if you're not participating, you can still enjoy those sweet, sweet Christmas treats. That's right. Ashley and I are preparing for a treat-filled two days to soothe, to just do some soothing for crying out loud in this household. But you know, we'll probably tell you all about that on Monday. I think, Ash, we should just jump right in to this fantastic episode recap. So it starts with a last week on... Brought to us by CT in a wig. Okay, I was can we, I already am taking umbrage with something in this show. <laughs> this CT wig previously on, they didn't even get good audio of it. It was really low. He was kind of whispering. It, it looks in the like CT. someone shot it with their iPhone. I didn't. I I I, I didn't think it was funny yeah. or uh, or uh, no. Nah, I wasn't insulted by it. I just it caught me off guard. Well, I was confused <laughs> as to what the bit was. Yeah. He found a wig, and then they were like, oh, this is great. We'll use this as a previously on. Right then and there, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I kind of feel like this episode is going to be a little too whimsical for me right Mm. now. I'm looking for some serious strategy. But you know what? Not to spoil anything, this did did not – I thought this was going to not bode well, but the episode was a great episode, okay? So this did not ruin it right off the bat. So uh, we're reminded that everyone in the house is against Wes and Natalie. Anissa and Fessy are dominating, and that Joseph from America's Got Talent went home. Our last week on culminates with the grand finale of last week's episode when Kyle picked Cam. He infiltrated Cam and Josh and picked Cam to be his partner, coupling up Nani and Josh. So this episode starts right off where the last one left off at the challenge house as Kyle walks in back from the crater, back from elimination, back from his win, back from his big move. He is in this house. He is pumped. He is pumped. He is pumped. He is pumped. He's in the guy's bunks. He's getting love from Wes. He's talking to them. He said, how many of you knew that was happening? Um, In an interview, Kyle's our first interview of the episode, he says, Fessy blindsided me. Now I trust Wes, CT, and Devin. 
CT says something. They're all just chatting. There's this real feeling of like celebration. CT mumbles something about how the kid showed up with no pants and was eating mustard. Yeah, so they were talking about Joseph, and uh, yes, that's exactly what CT is like. Come on, you know, they're all like talking about man, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Uh, boy, he really took Joseph out quick. And then uh, you know, I think they all were. I think CT was like, lower your adulation for uh, Kyle's destruction of Joseph. The kid did show up with no pants, licking mustard. Now, where was the no pants scene? Because yeah. it's, it's if you didn't see the mustard licking scene also, and you heard CT kind of saunter in a room, and he just dipped his head, and he's like, come on, the kid showed up with no pants, licking mustard. Now, you would have been like, oh, that's just a CT-ism. That must be something they say up in Boston. <laughs> you know, you know, the kid, I wasn't, yeah, born, I wasn't born yesterday. This kid looks like he's uh, showed up with no pants licking mustard. Like a dollar short and a day late. Yes, it yeah. does sound like an old saying. But now that we know that the mustard is real. Yeah. That means this kid showed up with no pants? And does that mean he showed up to the season with no pants or the elimination with no pants? <laughs> When did it, when was he pantsless? I didn't even think he got of, off the plane with no pants. I didn't even think of the idea that he showed up at in the crater like, all right, let's do it. Where's yeah. my mustard? It's in my pocket. Where's my pocket? Wait a minute, I don't have any pants on. I assume he showed up to to shoot and he had like le- left his jeans like in the hotel or something. Mm. You know, he didn't have pants and he had to borrow pants from somebody. Okay. Uh, we need to know. And we I, really do. I, I think this is what is going to be nice about today listening to the uh, challenge, the official challenge podcast hosted by Anissa and Tori. I think they might get into the no pants issue. I hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's definitely going to be a fan mail question. Then we see some shots from around the house. We see Big T and CT talking. They're bonding. They're talking about their nickname. In an interview, B- Big T's loving it. She loves being partnered with CT. Now, did she say that together people are calling them Big CT? Uh-huh. I don't like it. Well, she was saying, like, is that our name? Is that going to be our nickname? Um, CT says in an interview that a lot of people are underestimating Big T. And then she kind of says, like, you, you're my fitness coach. I'm your friendliness coach. And I, I feel like you're right. I feel like you, you not liking Big CT, I think, is the right instinct. Because then I think they try in this segment to rename themselves because that's when she he calls her hawk and she calls him fuzzy bunny right well i think big ct would be the team name made up by hawk and fuzzy bunny now i think it should be bct so here's what i don't like about big ct ct himself is big right so that would be confusing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i just doesn't i don't think it works although it kind of fits i get it big t ct um it should be like team t you know what i mean something like that uh but and nonetheless, yes, they uh, um, they start giving each other uh, nicknames, um, and I like that CT calls uh, C, uh, Big T Hawk, mm-hmm. and she kind of gets into it, and it's kind of like, because she's not, you wouldn't consider her a hawk, but that's like her code name, Hawk, because she's, she's going to learn the ways of being a hawk from CT. And then on the flip side, Big T saying, first of all, it did seem like Big T was just calling CT Bunny. Bunny mm-hmm. and Hawk. Then when we get the interviews from CT, CT is calling himself 
Fuzzy Bunny, as if that's the name. And I wonder if he added that or if he, if he this interview was from later mm-hmm. and he thought that it was Fuzzy Bunny. But what I imagine was like later after this scene of them hanging out outside chatting, they started telling people and then he started calling himself the Fuzzy Bunny or somebody else said it and it kind of changed that way. I want to mention when he's talking about Fuzzy Bunny in this interview, and I, tell, I told you this while we were watching, this is the most performative I've ever seen CT in the interviews and it actually has been the same way this entire season these three episodes ct is working it he's like acting mm-hmm. he's bringing it he's bringing it in the interviews like he's doing accents and he's like taking dramatic pauses and like voguing you know he's mm-hmm. like being and i think it's because he had this movie you know this movie he put out or yeah. whatever Something tells me I think he carries himself a little bit more like an actor these days. Like he knows he plays the part of CT. And it's coming out a little bit, the performance side. He's no longer I'm the young buck, biggest guy, angriest guy, drunkest guy. Then he moved into like the sad like level of like I have a kid now. My body is – I have a dad bod and that's the CT. Like everybody kind of laughs at me, but I'm still tough even though I got this dad bod. That was like the War of the Worlds era. Now he's a mascot. Now he's the mascot. Yeah. He's kind of moved into the territory of a legend of like, I know the banner that I'm 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 uh, flying, you know, the flag that I'm flying. I am CT. I am the challenge. I'm going to tell this story with a little bit more color. Well, let's be honest. Johnny Bananas isn't there. Johnny Bananas isn't there. And he usually does that. He knew he knew that role. Yeah. You're right. So I, I actually hadn't put that together. Do you feel CT feels the pressure now to be the... The veteran who's who's stitching the, the story together with um, Flair. Yeah. He's the superstar of the I think the cast. he's stepping into that role. Interesting. Now, or I, trying to, at least. I wonder if he's going to get the rubs that if the cuz it looked like the first episode we had about the ratings that last season had which is a, a little under a million folks which mm. is pretty good for MTV I think yeah um not incredible we we want to crack that million viewers but uh do you think CT's going to get the rub do you think he has he doesn't have, I don't think he has the age he's not in LA he doesn't have the agent and management team that bananas that does. bananas did he needs to move to LA if he wants to be, I'm saying like will he be on the food network where it's like CT is in a cooking challenge. I just don't think he's talkative enough. He's just, and maybe he's not handsome enough. Like Johnny Bananas, even though he's kind of, we look at him as Bananas, he's kind of like handsome, well-groomed. Johnny Bananas is put together. He's put together. CT looks uh, like rough for wear. You really can't be wearing one of those like ducky boys, like uh-uh. Joe Pantoliano, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Kangles, and be like a young, hip superstar for MTV. Truly. Anyway, I appreciate the CT. I bagged on him when I thought he was going to leave two episodes ago. I was like, CT, you're not doing anything for me. I don't need you here. CT is bringing it this season. I hope he stays around for a while. I'm feeling warmth coming from him. Mm. Uh, And I like him being the bananas. Mm -hmm. He's not, he doesn't make me feel the way bananas does, but he makes me feel good. So sorry for this diatribe, everybody, but I figure, you know, I've shit talk CT on here every once in a while. I just want to go on record. I'm back. Well, I think you're allowed to talk shit, shit talk about like the people that you've stood next to for decades. You know, CT is one of your main guys. I feel like he hasn't been bringing it really. And it feels dialed in a few, the past few seasons. Yeah. This season, he's turned a corner. I agree. Um, The point of this little like this little vignette that we got is the producers really want us to know that big T she has heart 
Okay, that's the point. This keeps getting drilled in. She has heart and she just needs someone to help bring that out of her. It's her third season on the challenge and it's time for her to really shine. Uh, this idea of like, hey, you might not have the athletic ability, but if you have the mindset, you can get far in the game. That's kind of what is being tempted. That's kind of what is being like um, hinted at here. I agree. I also kind of find it interesting that she's such a big part of the first three episodes, the beginning of this season. Yeah. Because she's not a good competitor. At all, yeah. So, But she's so charming and such a uh, star. She feels like she has star quality over some of the cast, I would I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that we're seeing her a lot. I like watching uh, Big T on this, uh, on this season. But really, it's the mechanics of the season. It's the rules of this season that allows her to have a storyline so early and it not feel overproduced or forced. I agree. The idea, it feels very organic. The idea that you have to be partnered up with somebody and your game affects somebody else's game and you need to make sure that your partner doesn't pull you down, that opens storylines up. A little bit more than if it was a single competitor season strictly. You're hundred percent right. And not we're not just relying on hookups and backstabs. There's a whole nother level that has been introduced. And her story or somebody like her in a single competitor strictly season would be resigned to like she's a layup. Uh, you yeah, know, she'd be marginalized let's immediately. Let's keep her around. Like, that's all they talked about. Let's keep yeah. her around because it'll be easy to beat Big T, so we can't vote Big T in. Or let's just vote Big T in. That's all they would have talked to her about her. Right. Um, so it's nice. It is nice that we get to see we get to see these other competitors, and it means something in the series. Like, I actually think Big T and CT could go far in this game. I agree. By just personality alone. I don't know that. CT is downplaying in this scene. His social game, his social game's incredible. Um, you know, so I do feel like that people aren't going to vote them in for a while, and they might have a chance to eke out some some gold stars. Gold, You're right. Gold skulls, excuse me. So we go back to um, a scene at the guys' bunks, and it kind of looks familiar to the first scene of the episode where Kyle and Wes and everyone's talking, and it's it's the same group of guys, you know. I think Devin's there. I think Leo's there. Um, Kyle and Wes are there and Fessy is there and um, Fessy says to Kyle I know you're wondering why I said your name and then Fessy tells this group of guys um, that hey Anissa and I know who everyone voted for that is the perk of being the double agent the secret vote is not secret we know who voted for who and Fessy says to Kyle you lied to me and Kyle said yes I did. Fessy, I think now, and I've been kind of hinting at this, but it's a little fun. Fessy's playing the worst game. This was such a bad move. Fessy's playing the worst game on this season so far. He is not strategizing correctly. Just because his only true ties, because we're seeing Corey in interviews going, this guy's fucking doing the same one thing. He's a snake. We know that that's not going to work out for them. The right. Corey Young Bucks connection will not work out. And don't forget, 
last season he fucked over Corey, you know, with some bullshit too. There was like some, sh- there was a moment where they were friends, 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 and then he did something to him to get. And then like there was like an episode where Corey was like, I can't believe Fessy did this to me. And it's just like, all right, Fessy, you're lucky. You're a rookie. I'm going to give you one strike. They have a little bit of history. Corey knows Fessy is not 100% to be trusted. The fact that Fessy is a big brother person, which becomes a huge part of this episode Mm, storyline, is not good for Fessy as far as the Fessy and Young Bucks connection. Because the Young Bucks always know that Fessy will have Casey and Josh's back over them, and vice versa with the Young Bucks and Fessy. So I feel like this move to further his game by getting the heat off of him from Kyle, by telling them that they got to see who voted at this moment in time, and I didn't even realize that there was going to be repercussions with Corey after this. But I'm watching this scene going, Fessy, why are you telling everybody this? Mm-hmm. And you're not doing it in a strategic way. You don't pull. You didn't pull Kyle over and be like, Kyle, I voted you in on purpose. Here's the reason why. And it wasn't exactly my fault. If, if you're going to make a strategic move, throw fucking Anissa under the bus. She's not really your partner. Mm-hmm. You just have to compete together. So... I mean, I wouldn't have liked to see him throw Anissa on the bus. I guess I would prefer to see Anissa go further than Fessy. But just taking Fessy's game, this was a poor strategy. This was obvious as a viewer that they were they were joking around in the bunks and Fessy felt weird. And then Kyle put some heat on him, and then Fessy crumbled. I mean, he's he's got he's looking down. His gaze is down. He's saying this information not in a way of like, "Hey guys, I'm going to tell you something," but he's kind of almost mumbling it. You know, his uh, Under Armour flex fit hat is just pulled over his eyebrows. Like he does look like he's avoiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It there's nothing powerful about this moment from Fessy's point of view. Now, so hold on, because yeah, this is a big scene we yeah, need to I get know. through. So let me let me touch on I'm, all the points. And I'm jacked I'm gonna, up on this scene, Ash. I'm jacked up on this scene. I know. I'm going to stop when I know that you want to chime in. I got okay? something to say. So Fessy says, you lied to me. Kyle says, yes, I lied. And then Kyle looks at Wes and he says, they tried to rally the house to get you out. And Wes says, who? And Kyle says, the stupid brigade. <laughs> and then Wes says, the whole stupid brigade? I forgot about this. Okay, so Kyle looks at Wes and says, the stupid brigade tried to vote you out, all of them. And Wes, without like being like, oh, the stupid brigade? No pause. No pause, no nothing. It was like, oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. In fact, I know all of the members. You're trying to tell me every member of the stupid brigade tried... The okay. fact that they call them the stupid brigade in this scene. Here's the problem, Ash. We are learning. All these people they're talking about are not white, and all the people talking about them are white. This is my only problem. With oh, the I didn't even brigade. think of that. It's Corey and Nelson. It's Corey and Nelson. It's probably Josh, too. Yeah. You know, and so, <laughs> I mean, I as much as I. That's a really good point, Nick. Fucking loved this stupid brigade I thing. just like that a group of people in the house are being referred to I, I as the it, stupid Ash. brigade. Ash, I love it. I love it. I wish somebody was in there. Kyle should be the stupid brigade too. That's you know, he's true. an idiot. Yeah. If, if he was on the other side of the house, that would make this feel so much better. I love it though, because I, I'm not a racist person at all. It just so happens to be 
that Nelson and Corey, to me, come off on this show as stupid. Um, and it's really Nelson. I don't think Corey does at all. I think no, Corey comes right. across as smart. You're absolutely right. I just want to group him in. But the, but no, you just but, want to group him in because that's what Nelson's Wes boy. is talking about. Wes is like upset that no. he learns that Corey and Nelson voted him in here. Corey makes poor decisions on the show sometimes. Where I'm I don't like, agree with that I either. Do agree. Corey gets I, to the final almost every time I, he's on a season. I think he makes poor decisions sometimes. I really do. Like I think he he actually he I won't th- cut his friends when he's supposed to cut his friends. Uh-uh. Like he's too loyal, babe. I think you're wrong. I really do. I think Corey's a good player. And I think Corey's going to win this challenge one day. Don't ever say that because every time we say that, he loses. <laughs> so, listen, I love Corey. He's one of he's my a favorites. Good player. He's one of my favorites. Nelson's one of my favorites. I think Corey's social game is incredible. It's okay. It's okay. What? He gets to the final all he, the time. He always finds himself in the situation that he finds himself here in, which is he trusted somebody, they threw him under the bus, and now his back against the wall. That is not a great strategic move. Now, it's the reason is, I mean, honestly, Nelson plays a better strategy game by just being turning the corner a a season and a half ago and being like, I'm the guy with his heart on his sleeve. This is now a better social game than Corey's social game. I don't want to get into this. Let's go back to the stupid brigade. Yeah. I'm, it's the funniest thing ever because it's really the name. It's such a like childish name. It's a dumb name. It's a it's a name that the stupid brigade would have thought of for another brigade. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like if you the stupid brigade if came up. You're with the calling brigade. someone the stupid brigade, <laughs> then you are stupid. Exactly. But you know what? Kyle is kind of he finds soft like ch- childlike humor funny. Yeah. And teasing. So I think Kyle knows that it's funny to call somebody the stupid uh, group of people the stupid brigade. Well, let's move on from this. Yeah, it's it just made a me fun laugh moment. so hard. We're, by the way, we're on page one of seven pages of notes. Um, it was, I think, one of the thing that is like so special about this moment, and we already said it, but I just want to hammer it home, is the fact that we learn. By, just by their body language that this is something that has been said numerous times oh yeah i mean it's just like listen wes isn't an improv master no he's not knowing to yes end immediately through instincts right the guy heard the stupid brigade he's like oh yeah we talk about them all the time the whole super <laughs> stupid brigade i mean and the way they said it too was they really played it so well to where they didn't tip their hand and like we're being goofy they sold it like yes that's how we refer to these guys and everybody knows who they are um, but here's what's interesting is what happens next. It's so lighthearted um, with the stupid brigade, and then it gets so intense on Kyle's behalf. Well, what happens is, is when this whole stupid brigade thing happens, Wes learns that Corey and Nelson voted for him. And then all of a sudden, so he says that Wes and Corey, and then, and then Fessy gets quiet. And then in an interview, Fessy says, I saw my opportunity and I took it. And then Kyle, back in the bunks, says to Fessy, you're a pussy. <laughs> you could have gone in there. And f- and and Kyle is now going after Fessy and being like, that was physical. You should have done it. And then Fessy says to Kyle, I mean, this turns so quickly, this whole thing. Fessy says to Kyle, are you going to turn up when it's time to turn up? And then all of a sudden, Cam is there trying to get to the bottom of what is happening. They must have raised their voices enough for Cam to have heard and come in. And then Kyle brings up a great point because now Fessy keeps saying over and over again, like, you lied to me. And Kyle's like, and then Fessy's like, yeah, you lied to the whole house. And Kyle's like, no, I didn't. I just lied to you. I'm not a fucking idiot. I'm not going to go in there and tell you when you ask me that I voted against what you wanted me to do when you have the ability to throw people in. 
I'm like, yeah, of course. Duh. Kyle, in an interview, says, I don't think anyone in challenge history has won the money by telling the truth the whole time. And Fessy needs to get that into his head. Yeah. Um, okay. So I feel like Kyle, I assume Kyle's doing some sort of strategic move here by screaming at Fessy. He can't just be that hurt that he got double crossed. Right. Because I would say, what I would say to Kyle is, Kyle needs to get through his dumb head that nobody has ever won the challenge without blindsiding somebody. So, I mean, on the flip side, yeah, Kyle's lying and yeah. that's how you win, but you also need to trick people and blindside them. So, yes. I, I kind of don't, I don't know whether or not he's that, was he this close to this alliance that for some reason he feels this betrayed? It's the fucking challenge. How many times have you I done mean, this? Fessy is oozing weakness in this scene, and I think Kyle is just picking up on it. So do you remember at the end of after Kyle beats Joseph last week? He mm-hmm. looks up at him and he said this. You knew it was you didn't you, you knew it was physical, you didn't go in, you're a pussy, you're a pussy. Ten minutes later, they're like in close quarters and he's still heated yelling pussy, pussy, pussy at Fessy. And Fessy's not doing a thing. Yeah. Um, which good on Fessy. I mean, he's really being prodded. I'm wondering if Kyle's trying to get Fessy to fight him. Ooh. And so he could get thrown out. I think Maybe. he's just too he's too Kyle's too slimy and and smart. To, and, and he also is a dirtbag in this game. Yeah. The idea that he got dirtbagged, sh- he should know this is the challenge. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is all strategy to sort of level playing fields in a bit on the two sides. I re- And also, I kind of feel like the idea of, like, what do you think his, his motivation is for looking at Wes in front of everybody and going, I'm with you. I'm in his alliance. I'm not in your alliance. Rather than just having this argument and then them going and talking to their alliances, he clearly wanted everybody. It wasn't a slip. He wants Fessy to know and everybody to know that he's aligned with these guys over on this side. Mm. I know he's now feeling power mm-hmm. because he just got Joseph out. Um, he's got a skull. Yeah. And also everybody in that room, he has him and Wes have decided to, and I guess probably Devin, have come together and been like, we're on the outs. Let's make sure we get all the people on the outs and so we can be on the in. And that's what seems the dynamic shift is kind of moving in this scene. Right. It's what, it's it's the situation where when the people who are not in the main alliance look around, you see this on Survivor all the time, when there's like a core group that seems like the main alliance and then the rest of the people look around and they go, oh, wait a minute we should form an alliance because numbers wise we will beat this alliance like sure we didn't all click right away but like why are we not you know the the numbers in the house and i think to your point about why is kyle being so vocal about choosing wes's side i think he's leading by example i think he's saying out loud i'm on your side and so now you know you get somebody like leo we don't know where Leo stands, who's looking around, who's in there with him. And he's going, I got to make a decision. I, who am I going to go with? And you see Fessy, who's winning everything, but not necessarily claiming an allegiance. And you see Kyle being like, I'm on this guy's side and anyone who wants to come with me can come. You know, that's kind of the vibe he's given out. So I think he's trying to rally people by being so vocal and making himself an example and hoping that other people will follow his lead. Yeah, and uh, well, nobody follows his lead uh, vocally here. It does a little feel like, and I and I think you're 100 percent right, Ash. I think that's what's happening. I think he's trying to turn Michi and Leo, who are in the room with him, as being like, "Look, I'm 
put my cards on the table, so at least I'm making you feel like I am. Let's all be this gung-ho about getting the other side of the house out. We yeah. Let's be the dominant alliance. Let's do this. And, uh, you know, they don't really make a move, the other people who are in the bunks. It does a little feel like, do you remember in Half-Baked, when Jim Brewer quits the record store? Yeah. And he's like, all right, guys, <laughs> let, we quit. We're out of here. And he's the only one that quits, you know? Yeah. Um, it does feel a little bit like that. Oh, yeah. What's that line? And who's coming with me? <laughs> um, so but I'll tell you what, it, I, I did cower a bit and, 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 a, and a shiver went up my spine uh, in the bad way. Um, oh, really? I did when, not have that When feeling. Kyle was yelling, you're a pussy, you're a pussy. Oh. I didn't like that prodding from Kyle. It was too yeah. vitriolic. You know, it was. Well, I don't like no, when people call people pussies because I just don't like the idea. I mean, this is me just being like um, anal about language. I just don't like when the idea that like you being a woman's genitalia is an insult. Right. Um, but, you know. No, I understand. Or, me, or that it means weakness, you yeah, know, because course. it's like a pussy is actually very strong. Right. Like babies come out of it. Right, you know it. what's yes. weak? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A penis. Okay, you should call Fessy a penis. That's weak. You can barely touch the thing. All right, Ash. people freaking out. Children listen to this. <laughs> okay, so basically this scene ends with Cam. Like I said, she's already there, but she shuts down this whole thing. To Kyle, you know, let's, re- let's remember, they just became partners. So she says to Kyle, like, you have your skull. You have your gold skull. You need to relax. You're attached to me now. We're not going to do all of this. You know, we're not going to act like this. And then in an interview, Cam says, if you were my partner, you need to follow my lead. Okay, this is how it works. You're my partner. I'm in charge. Cam is Cam running this season. I think so. So far, it seems that she's in the majority of the alliance. She's in the major alliance. She seems untouchable. Everyone seems to listen to her and is scared of her. I mean, Kyle's like looking at the floor like a kid that's gotten in trouble when Cam is saying this to him. Um, I think women just do that to Kyle. (laughs) I think he just cowers, you know, and, and, and looks at the floor when a when a woman is talking to him. Um, I think that Cam is in the major majority alliance, but the reason you're feeling is she's running this show is because of her interview style. Yeah. Her interview style is just like, guess what? Guess who did that? Guess what I'm about to do? I'm about to make sure that this person does this. Like, it's all like her telling us that she, she is in charge. And so we feel like she's in charge. I believe it. You know, I, I, I believe it too. So, um, you know, it's, it's one way to sort of paint the picture and, you know, on this, on this season. Um, so, uh, yeah, when she comes in and she sort of quells the situation, um, Kyle does stop. And, uh, it also gives, gives Kyle a reason to stop, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, well, Cam, I'll do this for Cam. When really, yeah, it's a a good good way to get out. He doesn't back down on his own. I mean, he doesn't want to fight Fessy. You know what I mean? So nobody wants to fight Fessy. That takes us to our next scene. Where we see Corey and Fessy talking. Corey's kind of like in his bunk. It looks like Fessy might have rushed in there to relay the news. Um, Fessy's like, listen, uh, just so you know, like, you know, we know who everybody voted for. And and then Corey, Corey's upset. He's upset that he wasn't one of the first people to find out about the twist. And in an interview, he's like, listen, we... I should have been one of the first to know this is a thing. And I got exposed by this vote. Like my, you know, this is coming up pretty heavily in the beginning of this episode, this idea that Wes and Corey were working together, or at least Wes thought they were. And so Corey's saying like, I got exposed. Like Wes knows now that I'm playing him basically. 
Then the green light goes off. Once again, love this. Green light goes off. Challenge activated. Devin in an interview says, um, Nicole and I, talking about his partner, I love my partner. Nicole and I are in a really good spot right now. We're, uh, she's the yin to my yang. You know, he's basically waxing poetic about their bond as a, as a partnership, which is never a good sign, you know? Out well, of nowhere, we get this interview. When a team who hasn't done anything in the game gets gets kind of previewed in the beginning of an episode you know this ain't good for them we get to the challenge um everybody's kind of stand there looking around trying to figure out what the heck's going on there's a bunch of barrels kind of spread out and with pirate flags and it's just like what's happening and then Leroy's like oh look and he kind of points off into the horizon and we see like a monster truck sort of uh, it's got this crazy netting rigged on the side of it. It's and a, uh, it's a Mack truck. It's like a, an 18 wheeler, right? It feels, yeah. And it feels like, and it's been decked out. It feels very sort of Mad Max Fury Road right now. Um, TJ gets out of the, the truck and he goes, Hey, as you know, I love physical challenges. And this challenge is called Roadkill. Two teams are going to face off on top of the truck. You will then push the other team off of the truck as fast as you can. So into these nets. The truck's going to be going 50 miles per hour and no one wears a harness. If you fall off the back of the truck, you're roadkill. Okay, so I, I, I had an issue with this. Yeah, me too. When immediately, he was, when immediately. He was, when he was talking about... First of all, I don't like that they're bragging about not wearing harnesses. I don't understand the... Why? I'm not watching the challenge to see people get hurt. I don't know how many times right. I have or to die. say that. Yeah. And so it's like the idea of like you fall off the back, which somebody could fall off the back. Yeah. He really meant roadkill because like you would fall off. There was no net in the back. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't add anything to a challenge to me. Explosions, number one, don't do anything for me. There's explosions here for literally no reason. And then secondly, the idea that something might go awry that would lead to like the death or serious injury of one of the people I like to watch on TV. Yeah. That doesn't do it for me. It doesn't add to the excitement. I agree a hundred percent. And I think when you think about like one of these types of challenges versus a survivor challenge, you know, where it's just like, Hey, try and bring this ring through this rope and then run up the beach and solve a puzzle and then build a wall. Like where no one's getting hurt. There's no explosions. That is so compelling to watch compared to this, which they're trying to make compelling with these explosions and the element of fear of death being involved but it's like just work on the challenge being a little bit more interesting like don't they're dressing up a plate they're dressing up a burger patty with garnish with parsley and trying to say it's a steak just right. give me a steak i mean this challenge you're literally trying to throw somebody out of a ring they've done this many many times this one they're actually just doing it at high speed on the top of an 18 wheeler and then they have to throw themselves into a, a, a netting under under it now um i guess the fact that both partners are competing at the same time is kind of interesting here's what would really spice it up for me how about some pennies how about some different color shirts everybody is dressed exactly the same in their gear they're black on black on black gear yeah you have no idea who's who when people <laughs> when they're wrestling around at high speeds and there's four of them rolling around and they're like, look, oh, I can't believe I just did that. I'm like, who did what? I can't tell whose foot is touching. I can't tell who's on top of who. These are huge people rolling around with one another, and they have little tiny names on their backs. Put one guy in red and one guy in black. One lady in 
red, one lady in black. It does. It doesn't mean that they have to be on teams. It's just like, or do the thing that they do in fucking boxing or any other physical thing where they have the names and then it's like red trunks, so and so, blue trunks, so and so. Yeah. I can't tell. I, this would have been a lot more fun for me to see who was gaining, you know, the the upper hand in this wrestling match if I could see who was. Their their high speed cameras are not catching enough of the action for me to see. Yeah. It's not like they're all like they're on the ground in in figure fours and 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 leg locks. They're just like shuffling around, flipping around on each other's backs, pushing, rolling, and then they fucking fall off together. Pretty much every single one of it's them. It's so confusing. It would have been fun. Put pennies on them, just like gym class. Hey, the yellow pennies on the left side, the red pennies on the white. On I didn't the know they side. were called pennies. pennies those those yeah. little vests. Those little vests, they're pennies. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it is cute. You know, I, I I keep thinking of this challenge that was on, I think, Rivals, or maybe it was on The Ruins, where it was out in the water, and they had these glass, like, um, bowls that were full of uh, air, and they, they put them out in different um, links out in the ocean. And you had to, like, swim from one to the other, and you would come up into the glass bowl, and you would get an air, a big breath, and then you would go to the next one, right? And it was so incredibly compelling to watch because it involved physical ability, but it also involved people overcoming a lot of psychological fears because you're still underwater even though you're taking a breath in this glass um, like bowl. And I think of that challenge a lot because it was very simple, but it was so interesting to watch because it involved it involved the psychological element and it involved the um, physical element. And I guess, here the psychological element is hey you might die and I, I just didn't feel that the challengers felt that you know what I mean like if you're telling them that they're gonna die then let's get an interview where someone's like oh my god I don't want to fall off this truck I'm freaking out 50 miles per hour is so fast we didn't even get that so it no, feels so like we're just like jazzed up to do it yeah, yeah I can't wait to get up there it just feels like we're putting them at risk for no reason I don't I don't fully understand it so Devin and Nicole go first against Cam and Kyle Cam's helmet comes off and we're like oh fuck they don't have harnesses Cam's helmet's off and then all of a sudden Nicole's like my arm popped out Hold yeah. on, my arm popped. And they're out. also like Nicole wants to continue wrestling, and like and Cam's, Cam's like, like what? nope, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking this one. And she she Cam yells to a producer. She dislocated her arm. They stop. They check on her. Uh, you can tell that Nicole's being like a little like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. And then uh, I love this Cam standing right next to Nicole, and like the producers or the medics are like looking at, and then she's like, it's her arm. Look at her arm. And then uh, you know uh, Nicole's like, what? What arm? And then Cam just like touches with like one finger her shoulder, and Nicole's like, ah. <laughs> you go see sorry sorry what you see uh, i completely missed that but uh, i love that it was so good it was just like i want to prove to you that she's in pain she just touched her, her really bone quick. is completely popping out so they take her they put her in a truck and now they're gonna go see i guess they'll bring her to the medical tent and uh she's like just like hurry this up i want to get back to the game yeah so nicole needs a medic her bone's completely out that both of those teams timed out next up is natalie and west versus nani and josh N nani in an interview says i'm not gonna lie i'm actually like really scared scared of Natalie and um you know Na um, Nani also says if I'm going she's coming with me like if I'm going off the side of this truck um Nani really puts up a good she fight puts up here a good fight she puts up a good fight uh, but ultimately, Wes and Natalie are winners. But something happens here where Wes and Corey fall off. Uh, I mean, no, Wes and Josh fall off at different times. And, um, 
you were confused like who Wes is like I dragged my foot and yeah we, we just don't understand the rules and we didn't get once again because all the cleats are black like we can't or the sneakers are black I, and, I couldn't and, see him drag the foot because eventually they do award the win even though it yeah. did look like Josh had pulled Wes off of the platform first they do award the win to Wes. Right. So that means what he was claiming happened when they were waiting around for the judges happened. He did drag his foot. I mean, do you understand this drag your foot thing? It's a I, football thing. No, I 100% do. Okay. I just think that it would have been nice to have heard TJ in the beginning of this say, and the way we'll determine who wins is the last person who has their foot on the platform before spilling over it was uh yeah the whole time i was kind of asking ashley like what's going on here did i miss this in the uh and, and ashley's like literally no one knows what's going on yeah here. nick kept asking me and i'm like babe you have as much information as me <laughs> um next up are, is amber b and Darrell versus gabby and leo um gabby won against amber b but then Darrell and leo timed out and this was fun because leo's a wrestler so we got to kind of see some of those cool moves i liked that a lot he was doing yeah, he, flips he was really uh being physical flipping around and stuff I, it's interesting to me here Darrell's sort of interview and then post interview uh with this is um you know it, this isn't he he you can tell that he knows that he's kind of um overmatched in different ways on this season of the challenge he's not coming in with this sort of uh, ego or bravado like i'm gonna kill everybody actually is he might be we don't know we're no. getting like one percent of the interviews from Durrell, like getting no Durrell interactions or storylines right. or anything because well, this uh this challenge when he was talking about leo i mean pre pre matchup he was like, I know he's a wrestler, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I don't know what, you know, he does this for a living. We'll see what happens, and then what eventually happens is they time out, um, and then Darrell's like, Wow, like I had him, and then he pulled some Sonic the Hedgehog shit, and he slipped around me, and and you could tell, like, uh, I, you can, pro Leo, being a professional wrestler, probably knows a little of amateur wrestling. Which I don't know, you know the difference, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So amateur wrestling's like Greco Roman. How do you how do you body weight? You know, yeah. you probably know some jujitsu and right. stuff like that. So you could see like as Leo was being pushed, it was probably half the size of Darrell, pushed off the edge while Darrell is like mounting him on top. He like shifts his weight to like his bottom half and like lifts himself up with his thighs using Darrell's body and like slips his like hips under Darrell's legs to like keep the body weight closer to the center of the platform and then eventually flips them around incredible i mean that's like mixed martial art wrestling skill and uh afterwards durell gave him his props and was like wow i i did not expect i was gonna have that was really a good matchup this was the most compelling part to watch it was because yeah. it felt like a competition it like, did it didn't feel like somebody's arm was gonna get broken which of course we'll see again in a few minutes um next up lolo and nam win um, Tori goes up against Liv and Tori wins and Liv says, I've snapped my arm. <laughs> and we're like, what <sighs> the fuck? And her elbow, it's her elbow and it just looks weird. And, and she falls off the platform, hits the net and does it on the net somehow. So, um, next up, Nelson and Amber are going up against Leroy and Casey. And there's like this pre, this like weird pre-challenge interview with Nelson and Amber where Nelson's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna get him. I'm gonna throw him off. And then they zoom in on his face looking 
upset or yeah. nervous. It was like a slow-mo zoom in. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, does this mean he's going to get his like head knocked off or something? I know. We've watched two people break their yeah, arms. So like, Leroy, scary. Yeah. Um, Leroy and Casey win. And then it's going to be Anissa and Fessy against Big T. Yeah? Uh, I want to say that the that Leroy and Casey, I had not considered how strong of a team they were until this I moment. saw them together. There's just too many teams. You know, you haven't seen Casey and Leroy like standing next to one another. Yeah. And that reminded or me talk that, about each that other. Leroy is a physical threat and so is Casey. Totally. And, uh, and I was and she you know she reminds us that she plays um tackle football. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's a physical person. And then they you know, Amber, we don't know about Amber from, from Are You The One yet. I, she looks a little undersized. We're not getting anything from her on this show. I don't know if maybe she's super fast. She has really good stamina. She can swim. We don't know yet. I'm going to take a bet and say she's voted out of here pretty soon. So Casey, it, I, I'm just like, she manhandles. Um, yeah, she picks her up and throws yeah, her over. It's quick. And then, you know, Nelson's big and he's super scrappy. Yes, he is. And, and we've seen there's no him quit do, in that kid. There's no quit. And, and we've uh, seen him do really well in physical competitions in the past. And Leroy took him took took him off the the ledge pretty pretty quickly as well. So uh, after that, I was like, I forgot. This is a strong team. I mean, later we're gonna find out that they're they're not as strong as you as they could be just based on the rules of this game. So. Well, yeah, we're gonna find out. There's some interpersonal dynamics. Um, but physically, I hadn't considered it. This is a this is a physical team. Yeah. So then Anissa and Fessy are going up against Big T and CT. And Anissa takes out Big T pretty quickly. I felt so bad for Big T. Yeah, she's not. She's getting picked up and thrown over. And Anissa felt so bad for her, too. Anissa mentions in an interview that Big T told her she'd never been in a fight before. And then later. Yeah, and Big T's like, what are they? What's it like? Like this? This and, the cuffs? Like old, yeah. like the fighting Irishman? Um, you know, Big T and Nani seem like they're similar sized and the difference here between big t just kind of getting picked up and thrown over and nani being able to really swerve natalie multiple times you know falling under going down you know she made it natalie work to get her off so it's just the difference it's not always about size you know what i mean so it's time we see some of that heart they keep telling us Big T has because this was a poor showing. She got picked up and thrown over pretty quickly. Um, CT and Fessy are going at it. And that's when Nick says to me, these two old water buffaloes. I said these two water buffaloes. <laughs> I didn't call them old. Water buffaloes. Yeah, they're just like slamming into each other like sumo wrestlers. Um, I figured what was going to happen here. I mean, the thing is like Fessy is probably stronger than CT is. Just CT is really big. A guy that big, I don't really care how strong you are, I mean, to a point, but, you know, really, is like, you're not going to, Fessy's not going to just deadlift CT, no. pick him up and throw him off. You're not going to be able to move him. He's just, people are going to be dead weight on the ground and you guys will grab each other. Um, so I kind of figured this, um, it wasn't as exciting, but it did look like you probably didn't want to get in the middle of these two. Oh, it looked uh, painful. It looked painful. It looked like a lot of straining and maybe some bones cracking and just when joints popping when they time out um that's when ct goes does this mean we're best friends now yeah <laughs> and then yeah. uh, Fessy's like yeah yeah um so they time out and then tj says listen only three of these teams completed the mission completely but it's, he was impressed he was impressed. he was impressed by them yeah he should be impressed two people broke, broke their, their arms, arms. <laughs> lolo and nam the two teams that finished are lolo and nam natalie and wes and casey and leroy 
we learned that the ultimate winners are dun, 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 Leroy and Casey. Now, here's the thing. Natalie and Wes, they would have won if Natalie had gotten Nani off quicker. Because mm. Wes got Josh off. Pre- that, that, that happened pretty quickly in their thing. So it's just something to think about. TJ, um, he explains what's going to happen. You know, like, you're going to go back and pick one and the double agents and blah, blah, blah. And he's just given all the rules. And all Nick and I can focus on is how cold everyone is. They're just like, <laughs> if they if they didn't win, they're like shivering and crying. Look at the women. They're <laughs> yeah. so cold. Everyone's freezing. Back at the house, the challengers file back into the house. And that's when they realize that all of Nicole's stuff is gone. That's right. Nicole's gone. And then we see a little clip of her and she's packing up her stuff and she's crying in an interview and it's not in the cards for, cards for me this this season. She had and to go home. She, we don't know exactly what happened. I guess she just it was, was deemed unfit to compete. So she dislocated her arm. I mean, I guess maybe it's just not going to heal as quick and they're not taking the chances and... It's unfortunate. I would have liked to have seen what she does. She is a really uh, strong physical competitor. Yeah. You know she could get messy when you, when you need to get messy. But, um, hey, that's what happens when you're uh, flipping each other off of trucks. I mean, that's them's the breaks, I guess. No pun intended. Um, Devin's talking to Kyle. He says, I'm a cancer to a team. And I'm like, what is this about? Yes. Did this happen to another teammate of his? I would love to know. I would love to know. Because all I know is... I, all I can remember is Devin and Cheyenne having a good team. So I don't know. What's, what is, give us a flashback here, <laughs> MTV. Explain this comment if you're going to include it. Um, then we see Nam talking to Devin and he says, you have to fight twice as hard for her too now. And I just love, Nam is like this, like. So honorable. He's just a, he's a knight in shining right. armor. I mean, I'm sure all the women in the house are swooning. Um, we here in the Reality Blows household are like, what is going to happen? Will someone please explain to us what is going on? We were so confused over the rules in that challenge. Now we're confused about Devin. Like, what is going on? Um, back at the house, you know, people are milling around. And then Liv comes back. Her arm's in a sling. She talks to Big T, Amber, B, Gabby, and Liv. She's telling them about, you know, her uh, experience. She says, and she's talking about Tori here. You know, she says she's not as strong as I thought she'd be. Mm. Wow, Tori getting dogged. She got, like, tossed off by Tori, like, pretty quickly. And Uh, her arm broke. (laughs) Yeah, her arm broke. I, I, I I saw it as a very dominant... At least it was edited that way. Very dominant from Tori. So it seemed I don't know. to be. I, we get an interview from Big T saying what we already know, which is that her female friends in the house are Amber B, Gabby, and Liv. I like this group. I really do. I think they're interesting. I especially like Liv. I like Liv and Big T because of Liv last week making all those faces behind Joseph when Big T and Joseph were talking. That And Liv is fun. And I don't know. She's bringing more than Gabby is. I'd like some more from Gabby. Amber B seems fine. Not getting much. In the kitchen, this happens very quickly. Okay, so let's just set it up. We, we get this shot of everybody in the kitchen. And we see kind of like Josh talking to Nani. And Casey and CT are like making food, it seems. And, and I don't really know what we're supposed to be focused on here. And maybe that's the idea of the editing. Maybe they are trying to recreate sort of this moment in the house where everyone's kind of doing their own thing. But then you kind of hear something happening over here. And then CT and Casey, they're, they're, their conversation, they're no, it's no longer just 
talking loudly. Now they're shouting at each other and there's a pizza and eggs involved. And then that's when Josh gets up and walks over to take care of Casey. And then that's when I realize as the viewer that that is what's happening in this scene. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of mumbling going on. Lots of mumbling at first. And you're like, what should I be paying attention to here? It's my pizza. It's my eggs. My pizza. Eggs. And, and then just we like, see people they, over here. I'm like, it looked like they were joking around. Yeah. At first. And I don't know what's happening, but the knight in shining armor, Josh rolls over and see, and uh, CT walks out. Casey's sitting at the kitchen table or at the counter. And she does look not, like she's distraught she's shaken she looks like she's like a little like freaked out or something she doesn't look like she's happy something here happened where and i'm just trying to put it together we did not get an interview from casey explaining it we did not get an interview from ct explaining it but what i think is happening is casey was like hey is anybody using the stove and then people were like no and so she's like i'm gonna make a pizza and then ct walked up and was like hey i said i was gonna make eggs let me use it that is what I think happened. Right, it definitely was something like that. But Casey has just kind of a look on her face where she, her emotions have been touched. She's not letting, they're not out of control, but you can tell she's like, she's a little uncomfortable. She's a little shaken. Right. She's trying to keep her cool. So then we got Josh and he goes over and he sees that and he kind of goes and talks to, tries to console Casey. And then he's like, I'm going to go look for CT. I don't know why he's doing this. CT's outside smoking and Josh walks up and Josh is like, hey, I don't want to have a falling out with you. And CT's like, what? CT's like, Josh, what are you talking about? And and Josh is like, you're, you said, you know, you're making her cry. She's like in the she's kitchen the crying. The girl's sitting there on the uh, kitchen table. She's crying. And, and then CT like, immediately, like, immediately like, she's crying? Oh, my God. Get out of my way, Josh. And he pushes Josh out of the way. And Josh is like, come on. And then he's like, it's not about you. And then he goes yeah. over and he goes he goes right up to Casey. He goes, Casey, I'm sorry. Are you crying? And then Casey's like, I'm not crying. And then he kisses Casey like on the head and goes, I'm sorry about that. It was stupid. Josh is telling me you're out here, you're here crying. And Josh is like, no, I said she was upset. I said she was upset. And CT said, you said she was crying. And then you could tell, you at the moment of CT rushing over to see if Casey's okay, I can tell that CT wanted to show, prove that she wasn't crying so that he could turn around and get up in Josh's face. He wanted to lay Josh out, but he knows he can't, and he's sick of Josh. And so he, he this whole thing, the entire thing that's happening is CT doesn't really like Josh very much. He's you annoyed so? by Josh. Casey and, and CT, I'm sure CT had like three glasses of wine before this. He's just a little too loud. He's like making, he's so big. He's like making people feel uncomfortable and smaller than him. And then that's what Casey's feeling. She's like, oh, fuck, like I'm in this house with all these like awful people. I'm the new person. So she I can't does say mention anything. that they've butted heads before. There's some uh, allusion to like CT. It can get kind of right. And I probably rough. can't. I can see that he can get kind of rough after yeah. a couple of drinks. You know, you're just like, maybe he's not punching people and chasing them around an island. But, but you, he is like imposing his huge big body he, ca he casts a large shadow he casts a large shadow he's chewing up the scenery and you're like oh god i don't want to be in ct's orbit right now it's like too much and he's already heated in that way you know and when he sees josh it just flips the switch of i fucking don't like this guy and so him going in there i don't think he ever thought uh, uh casey was crying and i don't think he ever cared that much either i think what he wanted to do was just go in there prove that she wasn't crying so he can turn over to josh and go see josh you're a fucking baby 
This is what you do in this house. This is why I don't like you. You blow things out of your proportion. You got to make everything about you. I wasn't talking to you. It was about eggs and pizza. Leave me the fuck alone. So when he went in there, he was just, he all he wanted to do was just confirm that Casey wasn't, he didn't care about her, and then flipped it on Josh. And immediately, instead of, it's, it was it was under the guise of making Casey feel better, but all it was was, Josh said she was crying. Josh is over here saying she was crying. And now Josh is arguing which sets off one of the bigger explosions I've seen on this show in a very long time. So Josh and CT are yelling at each other. Security walks in. They're separating the two of them. CT yells at Josh, go cry in the shower. You're a bonehead. <laughs> um, you know, it seems like this has kind of like they're separating. It seems like maybe, okay, things are going to quiet down. And then Devin starts yelling, Big Brother sucks. <laughs> and in an interview, De- Devin says, yeah, I'm, I'm taking shots. I'm taking advantage of this moment. Who cares? You know? And then Tori in an interview says Devin knows exactly what he's doing. He's pushing his buttons. And then he just kind of seems to, like, walk through the house, continuing to shout, Big Brother sucks. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom, Josh and Devin are outside with security between them. Josh. Screaming at each other. <laughs> okay, so then the next 10 minutes of the of the episode was Josh's meltdown, being held yeah. back initially by Casey, then security pushing him into bushes, basically. It's mayhem. And all... He and, starts... Josh starts punching a wall. I mean, and then you get, uh, you get Devin. He's literally smoking a cigarette, yelling, Big Brother sucks, <laughs> like behind three security guards. And Josh is like literally almost in tears. He's so mad. You can't talk to me that way. And then finally, like Casey and Fessy, like get him in like the back room, and he like calms down and like breathes out his nose like a bunch and like circles the room. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Josh is drunk. We've seen this from Josh before a couple of times. As a matter of fact, he had one of these with on his first season with CT, which I believe was War of the War of the Worlds. Two, like his first full season, he got thrown out of his first War of the Worlds one, came back on World. Remember, he was the first to go. He got purged, uh, basically, Josh, on his first season. I do remember that. He had he went home early. War of the Worlds two, he came back. Um, and then that's He didn't when, go home early. Are you talking about Rogan? No, I no. Rogan went out on the run. Yeah. But Josh was eliminated because I didn't even know who he was. And I'm telling you, Josh got eliminated pretty quickly in his first season. He got eliminated the first time. But then the, that guy from the um, the soap operas broke something. And so oh, they brought Josh back, back okay. in. So in the second War of the Worlds, CT and him went out. And that's when I started to see his temper. He was screaming and yelling and he and he had he had a shoe in his hand. There was something about his tennis shoes, his sneakers. There's like a sneaker thing uh happening with him. So then we see him also lose his fucking cool. Um what was it? Last season? Yeah, when he was sta- like against uh um uh what's his name? Swaggy. So he's like standing mm-hmm. on a bar stool screaming, uh, standing on the bar screaming at Swaggy, like yeah. losing his mind like a big baby. This is that, but like maybe five times as much. Um, it's just you can push his buttons and make him lose his cool. And so um, I, I don't know why you would stop doing that if I was if I was anybody who was not on his team. Yeah, um, take advantage of it. Complete meltdown. It doesn't come to fisticuffs. Everybody stays in the house. But uh, the next morning, I imagine, is kind of embarrassing. And no, Josh does not have the same energy the next day when they have to like go into their public deliberations or whatever is happening. Um. Yeah, Casey in an interview says he's my brother, but he lets his emotions get the best of him. And I agree with you, Nick. If you're not taking advantage of that in the house, if you're on the other side of the alliance, you're missing an opportunity. Um. Even though I don't want Josh to be in emotional distress, because I do, I care about Josh. 
okay? Is there anybody in the house named Kevin? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Oh, it must be Devin. Okay, so it's the morning. <laughs> it's the next morning. I wrote Kevin, but it's got a, my autocorrect. Um, Devin is saying in the morning, he's talking to Wes, and he's saying, like, and a couple of the other guys are in there. He's saying, uh, it's probably going to be me who gets voted in. You know, he's partnerless. And I, I'm confused because I do know that it is a f- should be a female elimination. We had a male elimination last week. So I'm assuming it's going to be female, but... You know, who knows? No one's telling us anything about Nicole or Devin, what it means that he doesn't have a partner. So he's saying it's probably going to be me who goes in. And then Wes says, the idea I'm hearing is Corey and Tori. The idea yeah. I'm hearing. Who's who? Who's throwing that idea around, The Wes? idea I'm hearing. Is the guy who double-crossed me. <laughs> Wes in an interview says, Corey, why didn't you want to work with me? Why didn't you make a deal? Why did you lie about it? Now I have to go after you. Devin in an interview says, like, I've got nothing, so I don't know what's going to happen. During the deliberation, um, you know, Anissa, finally, we get an interview where Anissa's like, what's what's going on with Devin? What's going on with Nicole? Anissa is just as confused as we are, and I'm happy to now hear that, like, it's just nice to have it reaffirmed that you and I didn't miss something in the episode that would have explained what is going on. So she's just as confused as we are. Devin speaks up during this deliberation. And he says, hey, if you want to vote for me, go for it. But the other the other option is Corey and Tori. And Tori, in an interview, all of a sudden starts explaining to us the rivalry that she has with Devin that was formed on Second Chances. Hey, MTV, bring back Second Chances. We enjoyed it. You only gave it one season? Why? Um saying that like this this happened because of second chances and blah 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 um which is i just like that they're acknowledging there are you the one second chances roots because it seems like at times mtv is trying to erase the fact that they ever had a show called are you the one um yes nick i i forgot about this rivalry i remember it on the show them butting heads but nothing serious it seemed like a friendly sort of rivalry. Wes says in the deliberation, I'm voting for Corey because he lied to me. And then all of a sudden, Josh and Devin start getting into it again. Josh is like, there's no other reason to play someone else's hand, meaning like don't vote for Corey and Tori because Wes is asking you to play your hand, play the cards you've been dealt. And then Devin just keeps saying, shut up, Josh, shut up, Josh. And then people are like, stop, Devin, stop it, Josh. And then Josh is like, I'm going to vote for this guy every time on every level. This guy is the worst person to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine uh, Devin could be quite annoying. Yeah. And Josh is like, I'm going to vote for him every single time. And then we get Teresa, who I forgot was there. Um, She's like, hey, we got to wrap this up, this deliberation. So everyone goes in. They do their secret votes. Um, Nick and I don't know who's voting for who. We don't really know what the outcome is going to be. At this point, I'm guessing it's going to be Corey and Tori. Um, And then everyone votes. Casey and Leroy go into the secret voting booth. And they learn that the agents who have been compromised are Devin and Nicole. And that's when we learn that uh, Leroy and Casey have an odd relationship. We both get interviews from them being like, yeah, I'm working with my partner, but I don't trust my partner. Yeah. It's it's really a, sort of an awkward uh, deliberation 
they're yeah. they seem to be walking on eggshells around one another and you know Leroy's like well I kind of want to do this right that seems like a okay thing to do and Casey's like yeah that that could work that could work and and Leroy's like did you see that person's face and CT and Casey's like uh uh yeah I don't know CT huh yeah, yeah. Can, like, can we get another look at it producers can we that was too quick and I, I just would like to know what's going on here I think going into this Casey wanted to put in CT and Big T to get CT out because of their little battle back and forth. What do you think about that? Didn't cross my mind at the time. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just It's just guessing. But all we know from this is that Leroy and um, Casey, they are weak. They're strong physically. But as, a, as partners, there is, they are not forged in that fire, you know, that really where you know your partner has your back. How different, right, than Cam, right, and Cam and Kyle, who Cam's immediately like, you're my partner now, and this is the way we're doing things. We're talking. We're on each other's side. There's a, there's a, a trepidation here, and you can feel it. Um, we then see Wes and Devin talking to each other in the bunks, and they're kind of like just talking as if they know Devin's going in. They're like, yeah, what are you going to do, huh? Wish we had... Uh, Wish we could have flipped it. What do you think went wrong? You know, and I just think that what is and Nick at, at the time is like this is interesting. They're they're um they're acting as if they already know the outcome. And what I think has happened here is I think that now that the house knows, everyone can see who they've or that the double agents can see who they voted for. Everyone is being incredibly honest about their votes. So I think everyone's gone to Devin and been like, "You're going. You're going in. That we voted seems, for that you." That seems about right to me. Wes then goes to talk to Leroy and Cam. So he goes to like make a plea to Leroy and Cam. And I didn't, I did not realize that Wes was on the chopping block until this moment. Um, Cause Wes hasn't really talked about that at all. Like being worried about going in against Devin or anything like that. And so Wes is talking to Leroy, like just making sure we're good. And Leroy's like, you're cutting deals with everyone. And, and then Wes reminds him like, Hey, neither of us have ever crossed each other. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. Um, I, you know, the very fact that Wes and Johnny Bananas has a huge rivalry that me and, and we all know that Leroy was in a Bananas camp for years and years and years just doesn't seem right. I'm not on I'm not 100 percent sure what is is going on with Wes in this season. He seems to feel like there's some sort of honor in the challenge or something. And we'll it's get an into, old school mindset. Is it because he's the guy who's like double cross everybody, politic, get the house on your side? Well, I would say I would say six seasons ago, seven seasons ago, you had people. They always went after rookies. It was always the vets. We get the rookies out first, and then we go against each other. That yeah. was always the mindset. Yeah, you're and right. he is just he's he's slow to catch up with this new game right. where the rookies are like, I'm sorry, we're actually in charge. Yeah, but he's. Or the sophomores. The sophomores are like, we're in charge. The seniors are going home. I don't know. I think he's just hurt that it's not working out in his favor because let's not forget. I think that's true, too. He called called Bailey and Swaggy pre-gamed and fucking got in an alliance with them. They were rookies. He knows that he needs to partner up with rookies in this game, and it's it's happened before. 100%, but I think he expects Leroy 
I think he expects CT. I think he expects other pillars of the challenge to have a certain hands-off approach with him. And I think that his feelings are hurt. I think he came into this house thinking he had alliances with Corey and Nelson. And he's learning. He has learned very quickly that he doesn't really have any alliances he can trust in this house. Besides Devin, who's not that strong of a player. Yeah. Or at least hasn't proven himself to be so yet. So, in an interview, Leroy says, if I leave Wes in this game, it could be very bad for me. I have a big decision to make. That's when we go to the crater. TJ lets that De- um, lets everybody know that Devin and Nicole have been compromised. Devin comes down. TJ says to everyone, the doctors say Nicole is medically unfit to continue. So, tonight is a men's elimination night. And then, in the saddest little voice, Devin says, let's go. Let's go. Cam in an interview says, I know Leroy um, wants to get down in there and compete for his gold skull, but he needs to see the bigger picture. Um, And I I wish I understood what the bigger picture is. To stay on the show longer. Me too. To have more of your numbers in there longer. I'm not fully aware. I, I am not fully aware either. I feel like why would Leroy be a person in which you wouldn't want to have a gold star it doesn't seem like gold skull it doesn't seem as though anybody would want to pick him immediately to go after his gold skull when it comes down to it when when we get to that point he it seems like there are other people who will have gold skulls that you'd want to pick on quicker because you think you'd have a better chance in an elimination against i don't understand why you wouldn't want a skull i don't know immediately yeah and i know there's a bigger picture i just don't know what that picture is right like i know it exists because people have mentioned it before this isn't the first time but like what is that bigger can someone describe it to me is it like (laughs) if you can get towards the end then everybody's gonna chance get a chance to get themselves in there because the people will be whittled down further and you'll have you'll be able to pick who you want to go up against rather than it be it in this fashion in my mind it's going to be like the island where all of a sudden there's this moment in the show when everyone's like shit i have to get my thing to be able to compete in the final but then everyone comes up short because it's like everyone in the cast going for it all at once remember last season the scramble at the very end yeah all the people kicking themselves for not going for their skull before yeah you don't want to be a part of that dude i don't know so it seems like and and you know what this one i i i think it's it's uh, fair to say this would have been a decent uh, one for Leroy to go in against 100%. Uh, Devin, right? Yes. Okay. TJ asked Leroy if he wants to come down, and he says, not tonight. TJ, I'm the person I'm voting in. What's up? TJ gives no shit to Leroy. Yeah, that's true. Gives him no shit. I liked that. Gave Fessy shit twice. Gave Leroy no shit. Gave Leroy no shit. Um, Leroy says, the person, you know, I'm voting for, it's because I don't feel like I can trust them. And it's uh, my votes for Wes and Natalie. Um, Casey backs up Leroy's vote. Wes goes down there. TJ says, how do you feel? How do you feel, Wes, how do you to feel, be Wes? down here? And Wes says, it's pretty frustrating. I've known him for 15 years and never gone against him. And then, um, you know, it's it sucks. And now I'm, and now I'm going against my dear friend, Devin. Yeah. Now, I didn't know that Wes and Devin were besties. They really only introduced this to us right here at the end. Um, I didn't know Wes knew Leroy for 15 years. Yeah. So Wes is, uh, is I don't believe that. That's Wes, 2005. Wes is dejected, right? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you, Wes's, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like Wes's first season of the challenge was Fresh Meat, and that was what year was that? I think 2008 or something. And that was way before Leroy was on The Real World. So I don't know how Wes has known Leroy for 15 years. I don't know. Maybe he might have been on the real world that season. I, I don't know. I definitely don't want to debate this at an hour and 10 minutes. Into this <laughs> okay, <podcast>. Fine. <laughs> fine. I just want to mention that um, Wes, you can tell in his face, is like giving up. I'm going to say this right now. I can tell in his face he's giving up. He doesn't yeah. like that he's here. He looks like he's about to cry. He looks it, it's, shook. It's, he looks shook. Devin, mm-hmm. you know, they go to the West for the interview. Wes is like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I'm going to get fired up against my good friend. And then they go to Devin and Devin's like, hey, listen, I'm here to compete. If I have to if I have to cut West to get out of here, I'm going to have to cut West. I'm going to win this. The the elimination is called snapping point. They are tethered together by a rope and they have to um, run against each other to get to their station and hit a red button first. We've seen this before. We've seen this elimination before. Yeah, usually they're at different points of the circle opposite points where they're pulling each other like a tug of war but just yeah. where it's tied around this time the rope is tied around a pole so that they're actually um next to one another trying to get to you know but the same deal you're still trying to pull your the uh, opponent the rope isn't back. tied around a, a pole it is being held back by a pole so right. it's not tied so it can it's it can wrapped still around move. a pole so you can so it's like who's gonna get the the leverage yeah basically all you need to know is that they are about three feet away from each other eye to eye using their body weight to try and pull the other one back so that they can hit the alarm. In an interview we get from Wes, he says, how the hell are you supposed to get amped up after a blindside to take out your friend? These guys are both in the dirt. They're trying to secure their position by digging holes, putting their legs in there, trying to pull their body so hard to make it that extra 12 inches to hit their red button. Devin in an interview says, I hear the crowd yelling and I see, I hear the crowd yelling my name, by the way, and I see it in Wes's eyes and I know he doesn't have it in him to win. Wes in an interview says, I see my best friend and I want this for him. (laughs) Yeah, cop out. Cop out post interview, in my opinion. Uh, then Devin kind of pulls and pulls and pulls. And then with one extended index finger, just taps down the red button and wins it. And uh, Wes is going home. Uh, sad to see Wes go home here personally. I, I thought he, it would be fun to see him try to work the other side of the house and kind of, uh, you know, turn the tables on the bigger alliance, not in the cards for Wes. Kind of a shitty ending for him. I, it did look like he sort of gave up a bit. Devin, on the other hand, celebrating like he just won a million dollars. Devin is pumped. He goes, and uh, if there are children in the room, cover their ears. He goes, fuck you, Leroy, eat my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, second time he said eat my ass this episode. He did say it to, I I believe, Josh in their altercation. I enjoy it. And he's jumping up and down and gloating so much, like purposely. It made me laugh a little bit. I thought this was a good, I thought this was a good moment for Devin. Wes says, I don't know what happened. I feel demoralized. My feelings are hurt. Devin in an interview says the last time I was on this show I embarrassed myself. Yeah. He must be talking about the bananas thing. I'm yeah, guessing. I think so. I think so. Um, once again, would love some follow up here. Show us a clip. Um, TJ says, Well, Wes, it wasn't your night. You know, you gotta go. And Wes says, um, to the crowd. He turns to the crowd to give a speech. He says, I've I've won a couple of times and I've never had to lie or throw in a friend. 
everyone gang up on Leroy. <laughs> Until he said everyone gang up on Leroy, I hated this speech. But at the end, when he tagged that on, because it was it was longer than what Ashley's giving you. It was like this. I know that you could be honorable and do this right and feel good about your win and, and not only win the million dollars, but also feel good about how you not did lie it. to a friend and not lie to a friend and double cross people that you've known for 15 years. And then he stopped and he was like, everybody gang up on Leroy. And then he just like walked away. <laughs> It was not a great exit for Wes, um, unfortunate, but we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, this isn't the end of the episode because uh, what's even more exciting, I think. Don't, you can't get there yet because well, we oh, need. I need to say something. Oh, go ahead. Well, Leroy in an interview says, I really want to win this season. So we know why Leroy's making these moves. Leroy's doing a last ditch effort to finally get a challenge win in. But the reason why I interrupted you, Nick, is because Cam in an interview says, you're not the mastermind in the house anymore, Wes. You got outsmarted. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, Cam thinks very highly of herself. <laughs> Come on. I like what she's doing. I, I sort of do. Fun. I and, sort of do. And if a guy was doing this, you would love them. No, I just like Wes. If Wes was doing this, you would be like, you would love it. You would eat it up. Yeah, but when you're a fan of Wes and the way he plays the game and he gets eliminated, you're upset about it. So I, I unfortunately feel like Cam is on the other side of the house of, of me this season. I'm not pulling for the Big Brother crew. I'm actually pulling for the little underlings that was led by Wes. Who are you pulling for? I'm pulling now. I'm pulling for Kyle and Wes and Devin. Wes now, is out. I know. So now I'm pulling for Devin. No, because you're he's the not. underdog. Babe, you're pulling for Josh. No, I'm not. I'm not playing for Josh. Josh, I don't I don't like I always side with the small in my mind, I immediately side with the smaller side of the house. The big voting block, I always want to see get chipped away in all of these seasons. I really do. It's more exciting to me to see somebody infiltrate and flip the house. That's why I was excited by Kyle last week and this whole thing. Now I'm, I'm I feel a bit dejected because the numbers are now gone. They once they went. That's the whole thing with West. That's why he couldn't compete. He knew when he got back into the house, he was going in again next week. Yeah. Because now the numbers are whittled down because he doesn't have Devin, his cohort, and more importantly, a vote. Plus, Devin's partner went home, which was a vote for them. It just doesn't bode well for the smaller part of the house. So now I'm looking at Devin, and he has this win, and he's coming in with this heat, and the storylines are about him, and there's this voting block of people who just control who throws it in. I got to say, I'm with the underdog. And unfortunately, Cam saying she's the architect of the big alliance, to me, says that's the head of the snake. Unfortunately, CT's on her... Um, uh, Who's her partner? Kyle is on her side. So that's that's why I kind of feel like there's still a chance. But if she's saying she's orchestrating why the smaller alliance is going home each week, that doesn't mean I want to pull for Cam. Okay. So that's I, why. I, I, I like Cam. That. I can respect that. I understand that. Thank you for explaining it. I'm sorry you said it. I'm sorry I said it was just because she was a, a lady. It's okay. That's your job. <laughs> okay. So. Hey, let's get this over with. <laughs> TJ says, Devin, what you going to do? Are you going to go with Natalie? And Devin's like, I would love to have Natalie as a partner. She's a survivor winner. But DJ, I got to infiltrate. And it's going to be Tori and Corey. And Tori literally cries. She, in an interview, says this is going to mess up my entire game. She's crying. She comes down. Corey, in an interview, is like, this is not, ba this is not for bad me. for me. I got Natalie. And guess what? You saw Natalie's face. Oh, she didn't pick me. He didn't pick me. Devin did not pick her. 
And he's like, she's like, whoa. And then Corey, I mean, that's that's big, big for, I mean, Corey is a better competitor at this point than Wes. A hundred percent. So, I mean, this is not, this is really good for Corey and Natalie, in my opinion. Very bad for Tori. Very bad for Tori. What do you think the strategy was of picking Tori out of everybody? Um, I think that he knows that Tori's connected to the major block. And I think that he probably feels like he has the most comfortable relationship with Tori, even though they're rivals, quote unquote, he probably feels like he can talk to her because they have a history. So I think he's like, he's doing a Kyle thing. He's like, I'm trying to get into that alliance with, by using a partner. So that's, what's interesting about this is if they keep voting the, uh, smaller alliance, uh, or the people on the outside of the house, basically, um, in, and they keep whittling down their partners, those people then get to choose, and it, every week they choose another person from the other side of the house. It is kind of like a strategic move. Now, you know? what happens when you get Tori and Devin win, and they have differing votes? What about when I can't wait when Devin wants to put in Corey and or when Devin wants to put in Fessy and Anissa and Tori wants to put in you know Jay and whoever Jay's partner is yeah Jay's partner is Teresa yeah I mean Jay and Teresa should be up on the chopping block soon I I need more of them on the show or they got to go home Um, those are the rules is that the end of the episode I mean where there's one more thing where TJ is just like hey remember you got to get your freaking gold skulls y'all yeah Folks, that has been the end of the episode. This was a good one. Uh, obviously, we had a lot to say about it, so it was clearly. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure that you're tuning into all our podcasts on Monday. We're gonna have another fun, regular old podcast coming at ya. And actually, we're gonna have some video components to our podcast on Monday. We may actually be putting up full video of us doing our podcast. Isn't that exciting? So look out for our YouTube account in which you should subscribe to and watch all of our Do we have a YouTube account? Well, we have a Google, a Gmail, so that means we have a YouTube. They're all connected. So that's a Google account, our email. You have to start that YouTube account right now. Well, I'll do it as soon as we get off. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. There's nothing up there, so it doesn't matter. And we won't have anything up because we haven't fully recorded the whole podcast yet. (laughs) Okay. Um, Thanks for listening. And as always, may uh, TJ... um, be disappointed in the way you've competed i don't know there's not much tj this episode and and may tj enjoy physical competition physical okay bye bye